proudest day, and the proudest time, and the, the seat of a relic here. Because that day, and that hour, and those minutes, I got the butt between my teeth. You know, I really stood up and was counted and said, this is not getting away. I remember when we pulled on our helmets, and, and, and Donald says to me, what are we doing? I said, we're going for gold, Barrett. That's all we said. I can still pick to that run. That was just the best, best run ever. Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, Season 3, Episode 9. Connor, um, we're going to talk rallying once again and another busy show. Indeed, Kevin, that time of the week that we all look forward to. And uh, yeah, as you say, another busy show. There's lots going on. Yeah, and I suppose anyway, before we start, if you can please uh, subscribe to the, the channel later YouTube or wherever you get your audio from as well, that'd be gratefully appreciated. And, you know, we like or comment there is always gratefully appreciated as well. Um, this week, we catch up with Adrian Hallington and Ronan O'Neill, who took a fine third overall and second in the historic championship points in the Raponian Rally in uh, Yorkshire last weekend. And then we catch, uh, we look forward to then the start of the Irish Forestry Championship with Cian Donnellan, the Irish Irish Forestry PRO. And then the last two guests we've on, two separate, is Gavin Campbell, the, champ- uh, the championship coordinator for the Northern Ireland Championship, and then Andrew Bush, who is making a comeback and the the micro challenge so <laughs> busy busy again but connor uh the you know our guys went over to the raponian rally last weekend the historic guys and you know done exceptionally well adrian and ronan coming away with you know third overall but second in the historic um then you know there are a few others and got great results as well too owen mike and i think sixth or seventh overall michael mcdade been on the show a few times as well he was having a great run but unfortunately got beached um, yeah, there was a few others in as well too. Um, David Crossan, unfortunately, slid off in the first stage. But you know, that's it, so positive. You know, we've said this before. We always used to be known in Ireland here for being tar drivers, but our pace has come on the gravel. Not just the, the young guys, but the seasoned competitor as well. Absolutely, you know, and again, not just the the talent, but also the, the on the the gravel surface, but. The historics now as well, you know, we really are laying down markers, not just in, in the modern rally cars, but when you go back to the historics where the interest is there, guys are out spending the money on, on, on you know, getting top spec cars. And it's great to see. Yeah, because like, you know, we had no Marty McCormick, no Paul Barrett, you know, the, uh, Chris Meek, we can throw him into the historic brigade now too, you know, after the RAC. Like, uh, Catherine McCourt, another man, you know, might make an appearance in the historic car before the years. Like, you know, we had such great performances last weekend without, you know, the big, big names, you know. So I, 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 I think it could be a really good year for the, the Irish over there and the, the British Historic Championship. Absolutely. Like the, the potential is definitely there and it's great to see. And mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it? You know, with Andy Hayes out there, we only spoke to Andy oh, there and Andy was competing along with um, Barry McKenna. So, you know, mm-hmm. certainly every, you know, our, our regulars are, are popping up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, because I got Andy had never sat in the historic car until last weekend too, so that was a whole new experience for him as well too. Yeah, so yeah, uh, I think without further ado, I think we'll catch up with Adrian and Ronan. No, it was it was good to be fair. Not too bad. Um, very very tricky day in Sunday conditions was against everybody. 
Um, it was actually quite nice on Saturday, and there was a torrential amount of rain came on during the night and, and into Sunday morning. Um, even some of the road sections, there was floods running across the road. But um, but no, it, it, it was good. Hey, we just packed a good pace from the start and stuck to it and a couple of good runs. So, very pleased. Yeah, because like, the conditions did look horrendous. There seemed to be a lot of sun and water, and it had been so easy to get sucked into the, the, one of them big, like they were almost like mini lakes, big puddles, whatever you want to call them, but they could have sucked in and just left you just at the side of the road that day over. Ah, there was grip. Grip wasn't good now in places, but, and, and there were sort of, there's a lot of stages there where inside the corners where that was the line you had to take, you had to be in there, so you had no other choice but to commit this. <laughs> and Adrian, like, you know, like those were conditions like not normally seen. Like, do you do you enjoy them kind of conditions, or is it just caution as the the the, the main part of the day? I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anybody enjoys them sort of conditions. Caution, as I said at the end of the first stage, caution was our sort of way of playing it. You know, because we wanted to get off to a good start. The last thing we wanted was a non-finish, and uh, we the first stage we had a great time on the first stage, but. I really and truly couldn't have went an awful lot quicker without going off on the first stage. So I was happy enough after that. I knew that the, the, the next stage, Crapton, the nine miler, was a big open stage, uh, even though there was floods on some inside some of the corners. I knew that we'd get the time, we'd start and claw the time back on the bigger stages, you know? Mm -hmm. I So, you know, you're just glad to get the first stage over and get confidence built up again. Because even, the, you know, I know the RAC was the last rally you're in, but like, Three months out of the car, it just takes a wee while of getting getting going again. It does. I uh, well, I didn't get I didn't get any testing or anything done before the rally. As I said, it was it was the, the 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 Sunday of the RSE was the last time I even seen the car. But um, no, we uh, we just picked as Brown said there. We picked a pace and we stuck to it. We knew that we knew that we'd get them on the bigger stages. Uh, the first stage was very very tricky. Tricky. It was like a lottery and. David Crossman went off and Michael McDade as well at the very same place. So, you know, that would tell you that would tell you something about it. Yeah, for sure. And like the strength and depth now in that British Historic Championship now, like there is, you know, twelve, maybe fifteen guys all going to that event, all thinking they're going to get at least a podium. Like it's become a very strong championship. I uh, well, you'll you'll see more of them out, I would imagine, in North Wales. I'll say you'll see the Pritchards and all those bigger guys out at that one now. Mm -hmm. I would expect. Yeah, and like, whenever you get, you know, like for what we have here in Ireland, like we, you know, our historic scene now is getting as good as anybody yourselves. You know, Paul Barrett, uh, you know, Owen Macken, uh, Michael McDade, David Crossan, all the, these guys can go and compete against the, you know, the the best that has to offer the British Championship has to offer. Yeah, all the boys, them, all the boys are very competitive compared to them as well. Every one of them, every one of the guys that you mentioned there. Could be on the podium at, at any stage, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, Ronan, like it, it is great to see. Like, you know, we're always Ireland is always kind of regarded as being tarmac specialists and one thing and another. But it's good to see our, our guys is as good in gravel now as anybody. Oh, for sure. And and to be fair, the RAC showed that. Um, you know, top two, top two finishers both from this side of the water. Yeah. Um, but as Adrian was saying there, I think the championship this year it, it will probably you'll see more appearances from different people because. Although there's nine or I think there's ten rounds, um, there's eleven scoring rounds, but you need to score in seven, okay. so you can afford to drop a round or two and, and still and still be there to finish the season for a strong finish. So you probably will see different appearances from different people along the along the way. You know, mm -hmm. I people will kind of pick and choose the the, the events that yeah. that'll suit them and they enjoy more. So 
Yeah, no, I would say that will happen. So a lot of the Welsh boys maybe didn't come to Yorkshire, but you'll see them out in North Wales or whatever. So, mm -hmm. yeah. like Adrian, you know, how you know the like we know the four wheel drives are starting to appear in the British Historic Championship at the moment. They're not scoring the championship points as such. You know, the guys will score class points or one thing or another. But like, I suppose there is a day coming that you know it's going to go four wheel drive. But until then. Um, you're still enjoying it and competing against the, the other guys in the, the BDAs and BDGs. Yeah, all oh, the competition is brilliant. Um, I suppose they're not their progression of things is that the four-wheel drive has to come out of amalgamation. It'll, it'll all come in, you know, but it, um, it won't make us interesting for the two-wheel drive men, but I'm sure I suppose we'll still, we'll still be there. Like, but um, from a point of view of winning the championship, um, it, the escorts' days are numbered once again, like, you know. But like I seen something there, like um the guy that won the ahead of you, I think in the overall results he'd have been eighth overall, you know, and that's ahead of some of the R fives and you know all like <laughs> that shows the pace of the championship. The yous are all going really really hard out there. I uh, well he he wasn't that I don't think he was that far in front of us, but yeah. uh, I didn't see it. No no matter he could tell you how far in front he was, but ah uh, the Oscars are going fast here. If you're you know, Matthew Robinson was one of the best drivers about, and, and he was at home in Yorkshire. Like so, that would tell you that would tell you where the pace was. Everybody else was looking up to him. Yeah, I like Roland. He wasn't like you know he wasn't that far up the road from you. Like I would say, you were probably around about you know ninth, tenth overall. Like that's fantastic when you consider the amount of R five Rally two cars that was starting that event there on on Sunday. Well, <clears throat> I think probably some of the first times we went against Matthew Robinson over there. He would have took 10 seconds to duty. Mm -hmm. So to be 11 behind him after second was a big improvement. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going back to what you're saying about the four-wheel drive thing, I think we finished the, the two-wheel drive cars. Was, only, was there six R5 cars in front of us? So it showed the pace was still pretty good in the two-wheel drive side of it. Um, I think it's going to take a wee bit longer for that four-wheel drive thing to break into that championship. Um, I, I, there's probably not a huge availability cars wise at the minute as well that could be competitive so I think you'll still see the two wheel race been successful for a few years yet Yeah because there isn't sort of a natural successor in the two wheel drive to the Escort like the month uh, you know impossible to get parts for the, the M3 never was competitive on gravel so like mm. as you know for a two wheel drive the Mark II is probably as good as it gets Oh for sure it is and, and to be fair Bits is quite easy to get for them, and and they're well, well, wait when they're well maintained, they're a good, reliable car and competitive. So it ticks all the boxes from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I, Adrian, like, that's the thing with the Mark Two, the availability of parts and the fun to drive as well. Too, you know, like no, no point of like, denying like, the fun part of rallying is what it's all about in historic rallying, as much as the competitive side of it as well. Uh, well, you're you're driving a fairly uh, simplistic car, you know. There's not really. There's not a lot of things can go wrong. I'm not saying that they don't go wrong, but there's not a lot can go wrong. A modified car probably has a lot more that can go wrong with it. But um, ah, the availability of parts, you, you, can get, you can get anything for it, you know, and carry most of the spurs with you that you need, right down to gearboxes and all the rest. Like So, no, from that point of view, it, it's uh, it's probably um, economical enough, you know, and you're able to get the stuff too. Yeah. And then, you know, looking forward now to the, the rest of the season, is the plan to try and commit to the, the British Championship then and see how it goes? We're taking it around at a time. Uh, <laughs> last year we, we made a big commitment to it. And 
after we spoke to you, we, 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 we didn't have a good run after it. <laughs> you jinxed us, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> we were going well a couple of times, and then we went off and broke down one thing and another. So we'll take it, we're taking it one at a time. As, as, uh, as Ronan says, there's 11 rounds and you have to score in seven. So that gives you that gives you four there that you can, you know, a bit of a buffer like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do, do you mind, you know, jumping on the boat and going across to these events? Like, some of them, you'd have a quite a long drive from you get to the other side, or is that just part and parcel of the event? Oh, you just to crack with the boys and that. And it's just, it's all part of the, it's all part of the fun of the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact there is more guys coming from over here now too as well, does that, you know, does that sort of bring a bit more kind of a spirit to the thing as well that you have some of the local guys to banter with as well? Ah, there will be a bit of camaraderie, all right, everybody. Especially if we're all in the same sailing, you know, there'll be a bit of crack going. Mm-hmm. The, the winding up starts before the rally. <laughs> oh, hey, nobody's, nobody's winding you up for weeks before the rally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ronan, then, the Circuit Ireland's coming up, uh, well, before we even get to Circuit Ireland, Five Mile Town, you know, that's the, you know, <laughs> after the Bushwhacker, it's, it's the one that you all want as well, too. And like, is that in the pipeline as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not five mile town now in what, less than a week and a half or so. so. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure what the, the format is this year, if it's changed about or any difference, but I'm sure it'll be relatively familiar, I'd imagine. Yeah. But um, I think we have a new, new base for a new HQ, so um, I would say the stages should be pretty good now, Furnace. Aye, because like Oman Motor Club always put on a great rally, and the, the, the five mile town has become sort of undergone a wee bit of resurgence in this last couple of years too, and it's become a great event once again. That you know it went through a period there, it was starting to fall off again, but it's starting to come good again. No, to be fair, Oman's good club. They do a lot of work. They've done great work with the bushwhack around five mile town, and the sponsorship from Samsona seems to have brought it on well, and they had a great, great, uh, great feel of guys going there. But the time you know, Samsonos guy was coming over and whatnot, so but there'll be plenty there. I'm sure all the, the locals and the two of the section will not be far away. So <laughs> there'll be plenty to race. That's for sure. Hey, Adrian, it has become you know, especially for the two wheel drive guys, that five mile town was always special for you guys. Oh, so it's it's the first rally I ever done, and uh, I've always enjoyed it. Now the competition has always been good. Shane McGuire, Frank Kelly, Vivian Hamill, all them guys. Uh, Paul Bard. So hopefully as many of them torn up as possible next week. That's, that's my view on it anyway. Yeah. But it's, it's also Five Mile Town is also very good for supporter for uh, spectators as well. It's a, it's a, it seems to be a spectator friendly as well as um as well as well as competitor friendly, you know. Yeah, so there's always good crowds. Ah, everyone's so close around. You know, you have services yeah. like uh, close by, and you can you know pop out in the stages, and you can like a lot of places you can you can get into quite handy. You know, for forestry rallying because sometimes they're quite off the beaten track, but the five mile town they are easy got to the locations as well. I would I would love to go to watch it and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love I'd love to be able to I would love to be able to watch it. To be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> probably be able to watch it shortly, but. Um, <laughs> It'd be nice to nice nice to see as well as do as well, you know. Yeah, and then uh, I mentioned then it was the Circuit Ireland. It's coming local to you, uh, based out of Dungannon this year. I would say that puts it on the, the to do list. Ah, oh, we're definitely going to do that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, anyhow. Yeah. It, uh, it's run past Frank Kelly's front door, so <laughs> we'll have to give him a run on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronan, it's going to be a busy year then. 
Ah, well, sure. Well, as I said, we'll take it round by round and see what happens. But there's a few plans there in the pipeline at the minute, so um, it'll be nice. Circuit, circuit will be nice to be fair. It's always nice to rally close to home, so that's quite close to me as well there. So I'm running out in Gannon, so I, I I don't know a lot about it. I've just heard different bits and pieces of what stages they're using, so I'm sure we'll we'll know more in a few weeks' time. So thanks to Adrian and Ronan there, and hopefully we'll catch up with them guys as the season progresses. And I'm not a jinx on them this year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this weekend coming up, we have the start of the Irish Forestry and the Northern Ireland Championship. But first of all, the Irish Forestry, Clarny this weekend. Um, Connor, there's a great lineup of stuff there this weekend. Well, listen, there's a very tasty uh, top 10. Um, and, and certainly, I would say, amongst the, the top five or six, you, you wouldn't know who could take it. Yeah, that's for sure. It's going to be just a, you know, a, you know, there's Jordan Hones back there again. You know, he showed some great pace last year. Uh, Vivian Hamill's getting settled into the uh, the, the polo oh, look, a yeah. year behind under his belt now at this stage. Andrew Purcell, another man that goes hard and won the the rally sprint there over Christmas and all too. So yeah, there's a a lot of uh, good names there. And then the, uh, Young O'Brien's coming over, and I think that's a face of WRCs and as well too. So it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So you know, will the will the WRC make a difference? Just so hard to know. So lots of variables there. Um. And then in the two wheel drive, then two, you know, the, maybe the, the big names and the big hitters is not there, but so many of the guys out in Rally 4, all the young guns is coming up through, and that, that's fantastic to see. Oh, listen, there's some very interesting uh, competition amongst that Rally 4. You know, Casey J, Coleman, you've got Cian Caldwell, Ryan McHugh, Keelan Grogan, you know, so it's definitely is, you know, uh, and Connor Wilson there as well, you know, so certainly mm-hmm. a tasty mix there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a really interesting battle because every event them guys go out to do is, you know, it's tenths of seconds, you know, it's fractions of seconds separating them. So no doubt once they, you know, they all get up to speed in the gravel, it's going to be the same there, you know. So um, I think we'll hear from Cian Donnellan, the PRO for the Irish Forestry, who gives us his thoughts on Killarney and then the championship ahead. So Cian, Killarney, Forestry this weekend. It's hard to believe that the Forestry Championship's ready to kick off. It only seems that... You know, a very short time since we were finishing up in the bushwhacker last year. Yeah, we did. We did our, our trip. Our trip north last. What was that September? And you're going. Yeah, the the, the months have flown by quickly. And uh, a bumper entry heading to Castle Island on on Saturday night for the launch. Sunday morning, six stages in store. Um, the entry list at the minute is over ninety cars. Um, so real good interest and some really, really interesting entries. A um, couple of interesting boys towards the front, and of course, then the massive interest in the the junior categories, both the the rally four classes and the J one thousands. Yeah, you know, like Irish rally and the Irish forestry rally, I should say, has gone on to go on a real revival, especially over the last couple of years. You know, the the entry lists are booming. Like to hear of ninety entries, that's unheard of. You know, especially at the start of the year. You know, most clubs at this time of the year in forestry would have been. Lucky if they're getting 50, 60 to hear 90. That's brilliant. Yes, I suppose we're, we're probably we're in a weird, a weird spot that there's a huge interest in, in the gravel side of the of rallying and the development, but there isn't a massive amount of events. Like we look at down south this year, we like the championship this year is a six round championship. We've four gravel rallies in the whole of, in the whole of Ireland, and then with the two Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland events with the, the Lakelands and the, and the Wacker. So there's there's a massive appetite for the sport, just not enough of the support from clubs wanting to run events or people just not available to find stages to compete. But when 
clubs are, are brave enough to compete or to put on rounds. There's huge interest in it. Um, we see now this year we've got uh, Clare joining the championship. The first time in 40 years they're bringing gravel rallying um, to the county. So that's another club that are that are seeing the success of the sport. Um, there, there's a couple of uh, gravel loose surface sprints popping up around the country as well, where, which are clubs looking to get into to gravel rallying and saying, look, we'll give it a go and see is there an interest. And I know my own club, Cork, we were on the Rogger Sprint to Christmas and there's huge appetite for gravel rallying. Mm-hmm. And especially now with the, the rotational calendar and the, you know, the national championship, it probably opens the door for other clubs to get involved, you know, because like, you know, the year they're not running around to the national, they're, they're, the opportunity is there to try a gravel because as you say, the, the, there's a desire there for guys to come out and compete. Absolutely. Like you're looking at Blarney came back. This is their third year back after a break. They, they took a break for about 15 years away from, from gravel rallying. And that event is absolutely booming. And we'll see that with the entry that came out only the other day. Um, the traditional clubs are still there. The likes of Cork still running the, the Jim Walsh, Carrick and Shore running the Willie Lachman. They're <laughs> pillars of the championship. And the same, the two, the Northern events, the, the Lakelands and the Wacker. But to see the likes of last year, now we had Tipperary join the, the championship with the Sean Conlon event, mm-hmm. Clare running this year. It's it's as you say, it's a fantastic chance for clubs to run events in their in their down or fallow year. Yeah, because like you know, there, we know how like you know the green and pleasant land of Ireland. There's loads of forests out there, and it's just there's, there's probably loads of really really good stages that haven't been topped into at all yet. And 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 they're an incredible event. Like even. I suppose every event takes a huge amount of workflow, but the gravel is a bit less involved in a tarmac rally. You don't have a lot of the PR involved in, in, in residents on stages. You're you're in a confined area. Um, there's, there's huge reward for clubs that, that are interested in running the event. And I know from a championship point of view, we're always encouraging clubs to come and talk to us. Um, we're always looking to, to bring clubs and, and let them see what it takes to run an event and are they interested what what we can bring to them you know like look at Clarny now have made the push and they're getting massive reward for it in fairness and they've, they've raised incredible money for charities mm-hmm. in the Kerry area and, and, and it's testament to to themselves and I know Clare are, are making huge strides this year to 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 a make a success of their event and b to become hopefully potentially a long-term member of the championship Excellent, excellent. And like, you know, then we'll, you know, we start talking about some of the, the crews. Like, there's guys who just love gravel and they will, you know, yeah. you know, they'll travel across water, everything, to, you know, to compete on gravel. That is their thing. And like, that is shown by like, you know, and it's not just, you know, a few years ago, the cars might not be always been the best of quality, but we have the cream of the crop now too, you know, it's R5s, it's rally four cars, it's rally three cars. And, you know, like, and even, you know, in the modified, like, you know, uh, Shane McGurr and the ladder, you know, like that car, if anybody ever gets a chance, you know, there's always the, the jokes about a ladder. But go and look at the quality of the belt in this car, it's exceptional. And I challenge anyone, go and stand in a forest and hear that yeah. lad coming on song towards you. And mm-hmm. it's incredible. But as you say, like, there was always probably a perception that forest cars were that bit rougher on the edges. And, you know, as you say, like the level of machinery that's turning up now, you look at the, the entry list, you go to any event, and it is cutting edge machinery competing. You see now, like the front of the field this year, we've um, Jordan Hohen first on the road himself and his father. Jordan's coming off probably by his standards a poor year last year. Um, probably got jumped 
early on in the championship by um, by Ryan Caldwell and Mark Donnelly, and it sort of it knocked him. But like Jordan is an incredible driver, and he mm-hmm. deserves to be first in the road. You've got Vivian Hamill behind him. Vivian, absolute revelation last year. You know, you've got really, really strong. Andrew Parcel is there, number two in the road. He won the the Cork Bogger Sprint at Christmas, and really like again, as you say, pretty much a brand newly built Volkswagen Polo. Um, you've got Vivian in the Polo, Steve McCann in the Ford. You know, you, you look down the entry list. You got Dara Cairns in in the Fiesta or in the Fabians. Yeah. It's all top level machineries that are coming out, mm-hmm. and then you go to the modified, and guys are properly building cars now specifically for the woods. For sure, for sure. And then, you know, like we've seen the, you know, how good these young guys are coming through now. And, you know, they're wanting the gravel experience. You know, they're, you know, they're going over and competing in the BRC and things like, you know, but the forestry at home is every bit as competitive and every bit as good because they're all there as well on Killarney next Sunday as well. It, it, it would have, I remember when I first started getting involved in forest rallying, it was, you had your boys at the front and the two wheel drive was the, always the big escort men. It was your Shane girl. In, well, he'd have been in the Starlet, you'd have had Adrian Hetherington, you'd have had Sam Stewart, all that sort of Davy Condell. That was the gang that, that dominated, Mickey Condell. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you're seeing the results. And like we, we've had, last year, we had uh, a two-wheel drive top three on an event that was all front-wheel drive rally forecast. Yeah. We've had Dylan Eves on the podium in Tipperary last year. You know, we've had massive success from the youngsters that are really putting it up to the big two-wheel drive monsters. And now... This year, especially, you're seeing an absolute explosion in Rally 4 machines coming through. Like, you, you go down the list and it's like all of the superstars of tomorrow from Ireland, they're all going to be in Clare. Like mm-hmm. Jack Brennan, Casey J. Coleman, Craig Rahill, Keen Calder. You know, all these guys, there's more than probably forgetting. Yeah. Ryan McHugh making his forestry debut. You know, mm-hmm. you've all these guys that are competing for Billy Coleman Awards as part of the Academy. And they're all coming down now, seeing the value of having forest experience. Yeah, because like to progress beyond Ireland, you need to be, you know, familiar with the car and gravel, how it comes to react and all that. And like for you know, not dangerous money, you can go and compete and have a great day on the gravel. And you know, the stages are not rough now. You know, we on days of old, you know, we've seen you know stages cutting up real rough, real you know sore car breakers. But them days are long gone. It's it, it's almost like I know that there's sort of a, there can be a negativity at times towards sort of like environmentalism, but the the onslaught of like the wind farms in rural areas have created some of the finest gravel stages this country's ever known. Now you go up into the Bagara complex in in Cork, or you go into to some of like the wind farm areas. There there are roads that you'd go down in your road car at proper speed and and you would have no fear mm-hmm. these things are the days of of real hard rough foresters are gone and it's and it's testament to the clubs that are putting on the events the foresters in the events are in the areas that they're working with and and Quilche who are providing incredible facilities now alongside these private companies that, that allow the the rallies to come onto their properties and like we're, we're seeing what we're seeing now is a generation of talent that's going out of Ireland with experience. Whereas before, we probably sent some of our finest drivers away into the either the British Championship or Europe that, that just didn't they didn't know forestry. And they were probably they were fantastic on tarmac in Ireland and they go and they were they were being found out. They were just being left behind by guys that had grown up competing in the woods. And I think 
you look now at, as you say, like the success of, you look at the results of the Cambrian, the final round of the VRC, it was pretty, there was, there was guys, Irish guys in two wheel drive cars mm-hmm. that were beating R5 cars, or Rally mm-hmm. 4, or Rally 2, sorry, actually, <laughs> yeah. she wrote a piece today about like the, the Rally 2 and the R5, and I'm still confused. But... <laughs> Yeah, and the, the one thing that, you know, over the last couple of, I suppose, three years now, has become a sensationalised is the Junior 1000 and, the, you know, the Irish forestry as well. Like, that has been a revelation. You know, we you know we list off the winners, and the, these guys are our new stars. Yeah, in fairness, it's it's testament to one of the divisionaries of, 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 of the J1000, and he was the, the forefront of forest riding for a long time was Ray Fitz. And Ray sort of Ray saw the success that it was having in the UK and in the North and in Scotland, and and introduced what was pretty much the ultimate development opportunity. So it's anyone that that hasn't been out to a forest, it's fourteen to eighteen year olds competing on full rallies. It's simple as that. These are youngsters. Some of them they're years away from ever being able to compete in the road or drive on the road, and we're putting them into a forest, and these guys are incredible. And like. You, you meet you meet these youngsters and they're they're so driven to succeed in the sport because they're given the opportunity to compete from so early on. And it in fairness, like it's everything is tailored to try and maximize their opportunities. It's they run first in the roads, they're they're guaranteed that they'll get the full mileage. They get, you know, there's incredible support packages not only through the DMI Rally Academy, but now we have the Craig Breen Foundation building on the work that Craig started last week. When you have world stars seeing what this J1000 series is doing and getting involved, it's it's mad. But it's like you see now, Clarny, there's 24 J1000 cars. We had a technical day in Mondello about three weeks ago. I think we had 16 cars that day went up and were ragged. So from this year, every car that competes will have been scrutineered. Everything is sealed boxes, you know, really controlled this year. And we, we put out after it's, it's like, okay, right, we had 15 cars here. How many more are there? How many more want to compete? I think there's another 14 came out of the woodwork. So like there is, and right across the country, it's not only pe- people that are competing now, people are building cars to, to move on the likes of, the, the Travers, David Travers, he's he's crossed over from competing in circuit race in a Mandela. They're competing in a Citroen building a Volkswagen. You have the, the likes of Ross Ryan. Ross had a, had a bad accident in the final round last year. They've come back with a brand new car. You've, you know, a huge amount of, of people that are not only using the time to develop as drivers, but now developing their cars and their, their setup and skills through the championship. And the, another thing that I think is fantastic with the, the Junior 1000 is, you know, it's a lot of sons and daughters of competitors as well, too. And it's bringing that whole vi- uh, family vibe to rallying as well. You know, like we, you know, that's just something that rallying, it's not easy in any other sport, but, you know, father and son, you know, uh, mother and daughter, father and daughter can compete. And like, that's such a lovely thing. They can be in the same car. They can, you know, there's so many ways that this can work out. They can, you know, the father could be running number 21 on the road and the, the daughter could be running like 315 or whatever on the road. You know, we think like that just great wee stories developing right through the whole year. Yeah, like even you look at like the, the Caldwells, you, you've got Kia now competing in the Rally 4 208. 
and then his brother and his father are competing in the J1000. So it's a real family affair. You know, we have three of those competing. But look at even like car number one on the road, Jordan and Paul Hohen. They've competed together the whole way up. Yeah. Uh, the, ter- the two furlongs, Tommy and his father, Niall, in the J1000s. You know, you've um, Fab- Oshin and Fabian McShane, newcomers to the championship from Donegal. They're, they're showing a lot of pace and a lot of promise going into the year. They're another family that are, that are really just delighted to get involved. And it becomes it becomes a family affair. Going like the, the, the J1000s this year with the Forest Championship, they four they four rounds compete on, and, and every one of those rounds is going to be hotly contested. Mm-hmm. And like you know, and just like from a Donegal point of view, like the the, the Junior One Thousand has really caught on in Donegal. There's a serious amount of Donegal crews. For we haven't had a forestry rally here now five years. I'm going to say, and like to see the way that that has really caught the, you know caught the attention of the 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 young crews coming up through. Like that has to be welcome because we're always seen as oh, sure, Donegal. You know, it's only ever tired they ever bother with. Yeah, but like I suppose the the real. The, the, the forerunner there is probably Jack Harris. You know, he came into the championship very young and has competed, I'd say he's probably three or four years in the series, competed now, and he's now moving on to the Rally the rally 2, or he's bought um, an R2T car, so a class mm-hmm. 2 But from talking to, to people, he's now given time back, developing the likes of, of young McShane. He's the guy that's given him driving coaching. And mm-hmm. I said, there's others within the county, we've got... Kira Duggan from just over the border in Derry, she would have competed in the championship and again is moving on yeah. to the to the next level of the sport. So it is there's mm-hmm. definitely a hotbed in that area for it, it's an opportunity for youngsters to get out competing even yeah. earlier than, than than they can on tarmac. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then you know, as well as that, you know, the young ones coming through, the other two great initiatives is the MA the junior series and then the MA the dual surface for the junior one thousand. Like the MA dual surface, like that's you know. That's going to be like the forerunner if they ever want to go and compete in the BRC or the ERC. It's a dual surface. Like, this is where it needs to be for these guys coming up through. Oh, 100%. So the, the, the MIJRS or the Motorsport Ireland dual, or Junior Rally Series, as you say, it's, it's, it's Ireland's actually only national dual surface championship. So it's caters for the J1000 drivers within that category. A, we have a new class this year of Class 16, which would be the traditional Tarmac Juniors and Rally 5, they're now combined together. So it's open to any driver under 23 in that category. And then we have two new classes as well. So the Rally 4 guys have their own class and the R2 and R2T guys have their own class as well. So MOJRS is supported by MI, supported by the Rally Academy. And as you say, it's designed to be the real driver evolution championship or series. So this this year now there's I think there's nearly seventy thousand euros uh, in prize funds available. So every class will have opportunities for drivers to win uh, support and scholarship through the academy, and that will go towards support on event into to twenty twenty five through the academy as well. So massive opportunities, and as well as that, a lot of our winners um, there's an automatic Billy Coleman Award nomination. Um, for the for three of the class winners, just not for the the J one thousands, but like we've seen like last year, um, all of our all of our MIJRS nominees were on the shortlist for the Billy Coleman Award, and that that just shows it, it's it's an opportunity as you say when we mentioned earlier, to build up experience on both surfaces. So, for the J one thousand guys specifically, they'll compete on the four 
Southern events within the the Sligo Palace Championship, as well as two tarmac rally sprints. So those are in Wexford and on Carrick and Shore, and they'll compete on two loose surface rally sprints, which is Leash and Immaculate, which is an exciting new event in March. For the the other classes, they'll do the four Southern rounds of the Forestry Championship, and they'll do four rounds of the National Rally Championship as well. Mm-hmm. So that be so the, and the scores are, are based across best scores on both surfaces to try and encourage the um the participation on, on the dual surface excellent I, i'm not favor somebody that just goes and does the tower rounds and one's all four no that that's no, no use you need to be competing on both surfaces yeah which is brilliant yeah. like we, we had instances this year where where guys could have probably won or last year where they would they would have gotten award only for the fact that they didn't compete on enough rounds mm-hmm. on certain surfaces so it, it, it encourages fellas like I know that the standout one for me last year was Jack McKenna in in the Civic. Like Jack, Jack had never competed on, on gravel and just took an idea. He says, Look, I have the Civic, let's give it a go. Bolted mm-hmm. the, the, the gravel tires on. He had an absolute ball. We saw him. He competed on, on, on the rounds that he needed for the championship and then came to the bushwhacker anyway because he said, Look, mm-hmm. oh, this is just brilliant crack himself and Matt Cairns. And that was an that was that showed to, to guys that have junior civics that you don't have to potentially jump into a homologated car straight away there's now another opportunity to to go and develop in the car that you you already have you know these these cars are still plentiful in supply come out and give it a go you know there's plenty of people especially last year that said we'll give the forestry a go and i i met one competitor in carrick and shore a a well-known class 11f civic driver from cork and I, I met him inside in service at the end of the three stages and I says, how was that? Do you see the smile on his face? And he goes, I felt like I've just been in a 17 kilometer long car crash. Just <laughs> my car was out of control. He says, I started the stage, lost control in the first couple of minutes because he was so used to being on tarmac and everything being dialed in and perfect. Mm-hmm. But he said, it's the most incredible thought. He says, I just absolutely ringing the life out of my little car here. This is brilliant. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, isn't it, really, at the end of it all? And, like, we all know how expensive, you know, and how, you know, how much rally needs sponsors. And you're very lucky. You have some real good people there behind you as well. In fairness, yeah. And Andrew Mullen from, from Sligo Palace. So Andrew came on board in 2021. We just came back off, off COVID. Sorry, 2022. We just came back off COVID. Andrew came on as, as an associate sponsor. He was a great presence around the championship, and it was true conversations throughout the year between between Andrew and our championship coordinator John Quill that the sort of the idea was sparked within Andrew to, to come on board as as the title sponsor. So we were delighted that Andrew came on in twenty three. Um, and Andrew, as everyone knows, massive supporter of the sport, so he continues to support the border championship as title sponsor. He's, you look at the James Ford competing all over Ireland, the UK, and the C3. Mm-hmm. He's sponsoring vehicles in the Bowler Racing Championship. You know, Andrews is an incredible supporter of Irish Alling, and we're delighted to know. We, we announced it just in January that, that Andrews stand on not only for this year, but also for next year. Okay. So he's a real, it's a really strong commitment to the championship and, and the direction that it's going. Excellent, excellent. Well, Cian, we can only about hope for you know wishes all the best for the year ahead, and no doubt we'll we'll, we'll catch up with you and uh, as the year progresses and to see how things are working out. Yeah, absolutely. So as a heavy kickoff in um, in this this weekend, we go to Clarny. We have a bit of a break then to Carrick and Shore in April. We have Cork in August, 
we then we go to the two northern rounds. So the there's sort of the September double header there. We have the the Lakelands and then the Bushwhacker, and then we finish up with the uh, the trip out west Clare in October. So it's um a short a short season, but it, it it's going to be incredibly exciting, and it's sort of make sure that nobody can rest on their laurels in the championship this year. Excellent. And if anybody wants to get in contact, um, Irish Forestry Facebook page is probably the best place to get you. Yeah, so we actually have two, we have two brand new websites that we launched in January this year. So if anyone's interested in the MIJRS dual surface, that's MIJRS.ie. And we're also on Facebook. And then the Forestry Championship is IRLForestChampionship.com. So again, that is all the information on the championship. We have Facebooks, we have Instagrams. Um, we're always open. Uh, anyone that's got any questions about Far Australian or wanting to, to come down and give it a go, get to Clare or get to Castle Island this weekend and have a look. It's it's going to be a brilliant, brilliant event. So I appreciate Keen taking the time there. And then also starting this weekend is the Northern Ireland Championship round one in Kirkston. And Connor, what can we say? Like, you know, the Northern Ireland Championship seems to be undergoing a bit of resurgence. Great news coming out, you know, their social media is going to step up a level and the coverage, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of effort being put into this. Hopefully it all, all starts to come together for them. There is, getting decent entries and, you know, a nice combination of cars as well. You know, a couple of Polos there, your, your R5s, um, Skoda Fabia Evos, um, C3 Citroens in the mix, your Hyundai I20s, you know, and then your Fiesta Rally 2s. Like, it really is a good selection of cars taking, play, taking part this weekend. Yeah, and, you know, Pader Hurston's coming back as well again in the Polo. It's been probably two or three years now since Pader's been out. Uh, you know, he's finally got the... He had, he, I know we talked to him last year in Circuit Ireland. He'd got a Polo, but he was waiting to get it converted over to right-hand drive. So... Be great to see Potter back out. You know, like Potter on his day can be be hard shook off, but it may take him a few events just to get up to speed in the polo. But I think once he starts to click with that, but you have to think Johnny Greer. You know, Johnny is like has won the championship four times, five times in a row now. You know, and, you know he he's a class act. He really is. Him and Neil Burns, yeah. Absolute class act. And, you know, again, from out of the top 10, Johnny's just recently competed in Galway. He's had a run out this year. He's had a chance to settle in where, you know, when you go down that top 10, I don't think anybody else was taking part there in Galway. So, you know, he's got that advantage as well. He's had a bit of seat time this year already. Excellent. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, that that will be invaluable because, like, you know, start, especially at the start of the year, it's just you're always that wee bit, like, need the wee bit of rush shook off too. So he has already yeah. that done. He's going to be rare to go there come Saturday morning and then you know this week also as part of that is the the micro challenge starts off as well too and it, you know the numbers it, you know they're still this the final numbers is not there yet they're saying you know there's, there's more cars almost finished not just quite there you know so that's getting better and better all the time too so I think we'll, we'll first of all we'll hear from Gavin Campbell who is the the the, the championship coordinator for the Northern Ireland Championship and then that'll run into Andrew Bush like Andrew's well known for many competitors. Um, down, you know, he was at RPM. He competed himself, but he's he's now taking the 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 move into the micros as well too. So, Gavin, the Northern Ireland Championship kicks off this weekend with the first round in Kirkston. Uh, what like uh, a top class lineup? Yeah, we're very excited, uh, Kevin. It's a great entry for the first round. Um, nearly eighty cars in total. Uh, we've got the uh, front runners. I think it'll be a very competitive event at the front, uh, including some BRC British Rally Championship men out to try out um, and be interesting to compare the pace of the front Northern Ireland runners with, with those guys. 
Uh, and of course, right throughout all the classes and our categories like historic, two-wheel drive, junior driver, and, and of course the micros, uh, it'll be their first round as well. So uh, it's definitely time to blow the cobwebs off for everybody. Yeah, you know, because like with the Northern Ireland Championship the last few years, it's been slowly building and building. It's you know been restructured and one thing and another, and going you know separating them between the tar and the gravel. It's really starting to pay off. Well, I think it is, and I think you're right. We're we're trying to build momentum. Uh, we've been working very closely with our championship sponsors, McGrady Insurance, uh, who are now into their eleventh consecutive year of title sponsorship, and that uh, they've really stepped up this year, uh, and we've stepped up our game to match um, with a hopefully expanded media coverage and and trying to raise the the general interest. But yeah, the, the um, a few years ago, you know, we we did separate the tarmac from the gravel rounds and. Uh, after a bit of a maybe a slower start, we're really hoping the, the Forest Challenge will build up uh, this year. We, we've actually up from three rounds to four rounds, and we're very excited about how that championship is growing. Uh, there's a lot of interest in gravel rallies right across the island, of course. Yeah, I yeah, because like uh, well, also speaking this episode is to the coordinator from the the Southern Forestry Championship, and they're starting this weekend ninety in Killarney. So there is a there's a keen interest in forest rallying throughout the whole island, as you say. There is, yeah, that, that goes back. I mean, I remember being involved um, in the early 1990s with uh, Maxall as, as the sponsor, and, and we actually had an, an All-Ireland Forest Championship back then, uh, including all, this, all the rounds that are now in the Motorsport Ireland Rally Championship, as well as the rounds that are now in the, uh, in the Northern Ireland Forest Ch- Rally Challenge, and, and a few rallies uh, in, in that challenge back then that unfortunately no longer exist. Uh, I well remember the North Ulster Car Club's Cone Crusher Rally that ran through the night, um, up in County Antrim and County Derry, um, some great classic stages. And, and we'll see some of those stages back in this year's Northern Ireland Forest Rally Challenge. Um, but uh, yeah, the the, uh, the interest in forest rallying, I think, has never been greater. And it's great to see the Motorsport Ireland Championship, um, as well as the growth we're seeing in Northern Ireland. For sure, for sure. And then, you know, back to the tar as well. You know, this year starts off traditionally on the, you know, on the circuit-based events then, and then, you know, goes on to the, the roadside events as well too. So they get, it's a great way of getting up to speed without, before hitting the roads really, the tracks are a good place to get, get the speed back. Well, that, that's right, Kevin. I think, um, you know, everybody has their own particular views on, on the two styles of event that we have in the championship. But we, we've We've always seen it that particularly having these two uh, uh, circuit-based events at the start of the year, um, it's it's a really good opportunity for someone that's bringing out a new car or or you know modified car or a new crew that wants to get bedded in together. Really good chance uh, because the format of both those events means you service every stage, so you have a chance to go out, test the car, come back in and adjust something, try a different tire, you know, change the way you're calling the, the road in the car, whatever you want to do. And then back out, test again, come back in, change again. So that you know, for the first two rounds of, of the championship, I think it's a good format, and it prepares crews well for heading out then onto the onto the road style stages for the for the next three rounds. Um, and I think in, in particular, um, we're we're looking forward even beyond the first round this weekend. The the racing rally stages at, at Bishop's Court um, on the 9th of March. Um, has just announced uh, regulations are available, entries are open, but uh, major changes there. The Balnehinchin District Motor Club have invested heavily over the winter period, and we've now got a circuit-style event with no splits, no merges, and no lapping. And I think that really responds to competitor feedback we've been getting over the years. So um, hopefully uh, that'll be reflected in a, in a good competition on, on that event as well. 
Yeah, because I've seen some photos uh, on social media, and they, they have put a lot of effort, and you know, they like they have fixed parts of the, the track that you know people were starting to say were getting a wee bit rough, and you know, mid, you know, as you say, put huge effort, and and like getting good mileage as well without the merges and the loops as well. Well, that that event will have the same mileage. Um, now we're running to eight stages, um, and instead of six stages to get that mileage, but every stage is four and a half miles, um, and we're getting the necessary variation into the stages as well. And as you say, we you know we've surfaced some of the roads, and uh, in many parts of the stage, we've replaced the the tires that marked out the uh, the course with earth banks. So uh, you know, over the years, particularly as as we get a bit of um, a bit of uh, green growing up on the on the earth banks, it'll start to feel much more like a road stage um, and less like an airfield stage. So I think you know, I think that's a really uh, interesting development, and we're, we're looking forward to see uh, what sort of feedback we get on that after the event. Excellent, excellent. And then Kirkson this weekend. You know, you couldn't ask for a better top 10. That top 10 would be, you know, respectable anywhere in the country. It's a very good top 10. You know, we have a number of former Northern Ireland and, and even Irish national champions among them mm-hmm. in the top 10. Uh, you know, I haven't actually done the tally, but the number of uh, Rally 2 and R5 cars wouldn't disgrace any national or international event on the island. So mm-hmm. uh, it could be a great competition. Yeah, that's for sure. And like, that quality runs right, right throughout the field as well, too. You know, the modifieds. You know the rally four rally four starting to really come to the fore now as well and uh, you know and it's great to see young talent coming into the the sport as well it does i mean in, in the northern Ireland championship one of the things we've been discussing is you know we've always tried to provide classes for, uh, for all the homologated cars and um you know in the last couple of years we've realized it must be 15 or 20 years since a group n car was last homologated so we, we've been trying to encourage more of the you know the fia rally five and rally four cars the two-wheel drive homologated cars so we, we've created a, an FIA two-wheel drive category as well as our overall two-wheel drive category. Uh, Connor Wilson won that. Uh, Connor and Katie Wilson won that last year. Um, but we've also um, you know, we've also got our, our, our other categories as well. And it's interesting to see, you know, one interesting uh, entry in, in Kirkus that I think we'll be looking to see is uh, a driver, a, a, a front-running driver that's making a switch from two-wheel drive to overall four-wheel drive. And that's Marty Toner, who switched from his, uh, his BMW to a Proton, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, no better man than uh, Marty Toner can steer a car. And it'll just be interesting to see how he adapts to the four-wheel drive. And then another sure. man that's making this, uh, the swap from a driver's seat to the co-driver's seat is the uh, MA Rally Academy, uh, uh, Josh McGurlian. He's going to be sitting with his, his father. I love those wee, you know, them wee interesting stories that, that Rallying every now and again throws up. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think that'll be an interesting one to to see how much uh, how much of that experience is able to be shared across the car. But uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, 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 rallying is serious, and it's about championships, and there's a lot of investment in it. But at the end of the day, it's a fun day out, and it's good to see families getting together and, and enjoying the, the the fun of of the stage. And I think it's worth pointing out, you know, one of our Northern Ireland champions that's out. Uh, on Saturday is actually running at the other end of the field where we've uh, Robin Phillips is co-driving for his daughter Laura in the uh, micro challenge yeah. so that, that sharing of experience happens at both ends of the field yeah and like you know I, I spoke to Andrew Bush about the, the micro challenge you know the strength and depth you know it's starting to really fill up now and the you know whereas before Stevie Watford and uh, Young White were the sort of guys you just knew this year it's so much more open Andrew Bush Stanley Orr coming into the series it's going to really start mixing things up now at the start at the top of the the micros as well. Well, it is, uh, and you know, if you look at the uh, the second round of last year's championship, um, and favoured by the conditions because it turned quite wet during the day, but uh, Stephen Whitford was actually fastest two wheel drive car overall on round two of the Northern Ireland Championship. 
beat all those Millington Escorts and uh, and all the other uh, fast two wheel drive cars. So you know a bit of bit of damp conditions or slippy conditions and, and it fairly shakes up the field. So uh, I think driving talent shows through whatever class you're looking at. Um, it's actually one of the things we're hoping to pick up on on our uh, on our improved media coverage. Where you know as we um, as we've been putting out in the last week or so, we've we've launched a new YouTube channel. Uh, with a short preview video. Um, we're launching uh, early next week. We'll have a, an interview with Johnny Greer, the reigning champion. But as we start to go into the, the rally reports, um, we are very interested in, in trying to pick up on the stories about the field. We'll obviously try to tell the story of how the championship's going, but we're really interested in, in picking up class battles and, and you know driving feats throughout the field and personalities behind the scenes. Um, and in fact, we, we will be encouraging people, we'll, we'll, we'll announce next week uh, an email address. People can send us camera phone clips or in-car footage uh, if they want to get those included in our in our rally reports. So, you know, we're, we're putting our toe in the water here, but we're very open-minded about what uh, what way we can go with this. And, and it's uh, very exciting. We, I think we'll, we'll probably have a long way to go to replace the old RPM programmes, but uh, we're trying to create a bit of that anticipation that people always used to look the week after the rally to see what the summary was, how people got on, what it did to the championship, and, and, and piece of that. So. Yeah, because like yeah, you always find with RPM, they, you know, we kind of know that people are tuning in, but they know the result of the rally. It's not going, you know, it's telling the story behind the story, and like I, I, that's, you know, I think that's invaluable. You know, that's being able to go and maybe and chat to Josh McLean and his father, you know, to see how they're getting on, or, or Laura and Robin Phillips, you know, and just how their roles have been reversed and how that's going to work, and we things like that. I just, you know. I, I think all that brings a more of a human element to the thing. I think you're right, and I think what we've seen with some of the you know, the Facebook Live coverage from the end of stages, I think what brings it to life for a lot of people is you're moving beyond just the action shots of seeing a car in action, and you're actually seeing the the personalities and the faces, and you're beginning to to recognise people, um, and that's something we're keen on. And, you know, I think the uh, the interviews at the end of stage and in the service area are are just as much a part of the rally as the as the you know the driving skills on the stage mm. um and that's the opportunity you get when you're putting an edited program together after the event you can you can pick and choose to try and help to explain the sport a bit as well to to maybe people who are just just new to it or just trying to learn about it um and and that's a feature as well a lot of a lot of our coverage is um enthusiasts talking to enthusiasts so uh, you know we're we're trying to broaden that a bit as well uh, and make it more uh, more accessible to more people yeah, because you know, a lot of times we, are, you know, we are preaching to the converted. That is, that's nice to be able to push it out beyond the the, the normal echo chamber. I think that's right, and and I think that's what um, I think that, that that's what we're trying to recreate a bit. I think RPM did a bit of that. It's the it's what they used to talk about. You know, the water cooler moment on a Friday morning when you met somebody in the office who had a passing interest, and they they, they would talk about what was on the TV last night. So uh, what you want with them to do is is um, is have a set a set time and date after each rally, maybe the Wednesday or Thursday after the event, um, and we we release the the rally reports so that uh, it becomes something that people can look forward to and, and kind of. Uh, anticipate that the week after the rally, getting that catch up and see who's made it into the final product. Yeah, and then it's supposed to wrap things up. Where can we find the, you know, as, as all these links on the social media, or where do we find them? So yes, you can find them on social media. Um, look up McGrady Insurance um, Northern Ireland Rally Championship and uh, McGrady Insurance Northern Ireland For Forest Rally Challenge, both on Facebook. Um, we're launching our, our Twitter, uh, relaunching our Twitter within the next few days. Uh, and I think we're on Instagram now as well. I need to double check on that. But yeah, the, the, the website as well is is a, is a key resource for us. Uh, so we're using the website more as, as a reference channel. 
um, for pe if people want to find regulations, points tables, and all that sort of information. But the uh, the YouTube channel will be YouTube slash NI Rally. Um, so that NI Rally hashtag um, is, is used on all social media channels uh, to get the, the McGrady Insurance Championships, both on the tarmac and on in the forests. Andrew, uh, we're days away now from the start of the Northern Ireland Championship, and as part of the Northern Ireland Championship is uh, the Micro Challenge. And you've signed up to the Micro Challenge this year. New challenge, something you're looking forward to, obviously. I'm really looking forward to it, Kevin. You know, it's I think it's going to be fun. You know, I've seen I've seen the challenge the last couple of years. Everybody looks to have great fun and camaraderie, and I think that's what it's all about. You know, it's uh, I've had brief run in the car, and it, it was very much fun to drive. It really, it feels like a really good car to drive. It's going to be a lot of um, and, and tight competition. So I think that's the big thing as well. You know. Yeah. And like as well for the front wheel drives, kind of going back to your, you know, a throwback for you because like you come up through front wheel drive, the 106 and the, the Saxo and things like that too. So it'd be nice to get back into the front wheel drive again as well. It's been like, believe it or not, like I think it's like 14 years since the last car I had was the C2 and you start off in Nova and then the 106 was probably the best car I had with, with the Parmac Championship in it and stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I always loved front wheel drive, you know. Um, I still love my Chevette. I haven't let it go completely. I'll have it out at some some point, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. But I, I'm, I'm I've seen the guys in the micro challenge, the likes of Stephen Whitford and, and young Philip White and things, and they're on a big pace. So I'm not under any illusion that I'm going to be doing any big things at Kirkuson, you know. So mm -hmm. just go and enjoy it and see how we go. Yeah, because like you know. Like last year, the the micro challenge was something else. Like it was the promotion round it. You know, they had their own dedicated you know uh, show at the end of the, each event, and like even the way they went about it, like it was such a professionally run uh, series for for just a, a you know a group of guys and girls out enjoying the sport. Well, that's right, and I think this showed a lot of people that had like TV coverage on YouTube, and mm -hmm. it probably was the only rallying to make the BBC News all last year, you know. So the sort of uh, and if there's guys behind it, and um, Stephen Whitford, obviously, and Sean Foy, and, and Peter Dow just put a lot of his own effort and even finance in to help get that all going, you know, and then all the associate sponsors as well, you know. So they've really put a lot of effort and I'm only new to it this year they've asked me to help out a little bit just to try and help get more people involved in it you know and, and I'm sort of quite new to it so um, but I've seen what they were doing and it, it looks like fun and there's really good competition in it you know you've you've obviously Stephen who's who won the two-wheel drives outright at Bishop's Court and I was there and, and saw that and that was amazing you know and then uh, young Philip White's extremely fast and, and he's shown He's had that car since he was doing Junior 1000 and they've developed that car on. And that's real. The results they've got from a very low budget car. I mean, that shows you how you can do that mm -hmm. still. And then Stanley Orr. I mean, Stanley could drive a wheelbarrow quickly. So he'd just be very fast, you know. Yeah. And then Peter dies. Peter had a great result in Shackleton. I think he was 18th or 19th overall. So just mm -hmm. really tight competition there you know and then we've got, they've got the course the standard class and we've two competitors in that uh, Laura Phillips and a new competitor Jonathan Eady as well so it seems to be really taken off so it does you know? yeah that's, that's standard class this could be you know this is going to make it like the transition from somebody that's never rallied before into rallying such an easy step because like 
there's so limited upgrades you can do to the car or little changes you can do to the car. Yes, obviously, obviously all the safety gears, but the car itself is pretty standard. Yeah, I think you're allowed you're allowed limit slip differential and has to be standard engine and gearbox and you know no lightweight panels and things you know. But the thing about it is the beauty of it. I suppose going back to the seventies or eighties where you could have had a, a Mark II Escort and maybe started with a cross flow and went to a Pinto and a, and a BDA. You know, the, somebody starts in the standard class. They can upgrade. We go to a car like Philip White's, this narrow track and has all the the, the gearbox and engine right. And then if they wanted to, they could obviously wide track it eventually and go the kit car road so they can develop on from the start as well, you know, in the class. And then, so and I think that's what rallying needs new people in it. I think we need to get new people involved in it. And it's a very difficult sport to get into now. Yeah, uh, a lot of regulations. Yeah. It is, uh, so many regulations and so much expense. So anything that can be done to make it more affordable, I think, has to be hugely applauded. Yeah, I mean, look, let's face it, I can't afford to really rally a full season in my Chevette, to be honest. That's, you know, I can't afford, I'd love to do Clarny again and Donegal in three days, but I just don't have the the finances to do that at the minute, you know. So this involves a lot of Northern Ireland Championship rallies plus other rounds as well, like San Angelo. And it's a cheaper way of going, you know, um, keeps the cost down. And then there's prize money with your prize draw. So there's first to fourth place. So the person even who doesn't finish could win 150 pounds potentially. And they're the ones that might, might really need it more than the, the guy that's won that day, you know. Mm -hmm. So they have different things in that. And I think that's where, you know, we need to get back to in, in rallying. And there's a lot of people starting off and involved in it. That, that small amount of money, it, it might just make a wee difference to get into the next round, help pay the entry or whatever, you know, and that um, all, all helps, you know. For sure, for sure. And, like, you know, Stevie Watford, like, what can we say that has never been said about this man already? Like, you know, what he has done and, like, over the years and a meagre budget, like, he was probably world-class if he had got the opportunity. But for him to come and get involved and set himself up there as the target for, you know, all your guys then competing, like, it must be an honour to compete against somebody of Stevie's stature. Yeah, well, I've known Stephen since I was young, like 16, 17, going to rallies in the original micro-challenge where he used to help service for Paul Crossan and Stephen was away and stuff for those rallies. And he was a front-runner in the original micro-challenge. He nearly won it, obviously, and whatnot. And, you know, along with people like Al McShay at the time, things, that's how big that was. So uh, quite rightly, I think he could have been maybe a, a factory driver at one point, you know, so... Uh, so and it's interesting that he's come back to the micros, you know, which proves somebody is a, a high level driver. Obviously, enjoy driving the micros. So it's one of the reasons we went that way, you know. So mm -hmm. and of course he's, you know, I need to get my own car isn't quite up to spec on the engine front. So that's my excuse, you know. But <laughs> um, the driving needs to come on a bit as well to try and see if we can get anywhere close to him. It's not a, not a matter of trying to beat Stephen Whitford. It's seeing how close that. It could eventually get and got to give myself time as well so yeah yeah and then and stanley or another man who like who you know won a british uh title back in the 80s you know uh then went down the historic route for a good few years there too and was you know exceptionally done exceptional things in the british historic championship as well and like you know somebody like stanley's coming and trying to make it shows that they are a very capable car 
Yeah, well, I'm sure you maybe get chatting to Stanley during the year, but yeah. as far as I can see, he's enjoying it, you know, yeah. and uh, um, Stanley's extremely quick, and and again, actually was a factory driver at one point in the 80s with the, the car culture of all things, but, uh, you know, he's a former British Group N champion, and as you say, and he 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 he's still very very fast, you know. And I've co-driven once for Stanley in the escort, and uh, I know that he'll, he'll adapt quickly to anything, and he'd be right up there, so he will. And uh, you know, it's it's another level. There's some really top drivers in in the category, you know. And you could put say Stephen Whitford into an R five, and he could potentially win that rally. You know, mm-hmm. that's the sort of you know so. That's what you want. You do. You want to be competing against proper drivers, you know. So, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. So, yeah, and that you know, this the word you keep saying is fun. Like this is what you know. This is what the micro challenge is about. Yes, it's competitive. You want to do well, but it's fun. You know, that's it. Seems to be the the real ethos of the whole championship. You know, they've they've got people involved that were never involved in the rallying before. Like. Cloda last year won the co-drivers championship, I think, and she had never competed in a rally until last year. You know, and she just had a ball. Like, it's this is getting people involved that you know maybe they were marshalling or maybe they were you know behind the scenes. It's getting them involved and getting them competing. Well, Cloda obviously she co-drove with Sean Foy, and Sean's very enthusiastic about the challenge and putting a lot of work in to run the two and. We've got with Gavin Campbell as coordinator doing points and 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 all load of work behind the scenes. There's a whole team there, and every one of them's keen to get new people into rallying. I think that is one of the key things we're trying to promote it. It's a it's a nice way that people can get in, and a relatively low cost. And th- there's a, a group there to help them out with you know keep the cars going, and then you can improve the car the car you have. You know if you buy a, a Ford Fiesta two-wheel drive now, standard one, you can't go into your garage and make that into a rally two to win yeah. Galway or Donegal in. You know, it's mm-hmm. not possible. Whereas your micro, you can start it in the basics and go into a car that's going to challenge at the front, you know. So yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. And, you know, if you look at people came through the original micro challenge and, the, you know, the 106 Cup and things years ago, that was the, they were the best times I think and, and rallying and the drivers came through and competing in fairly equal machinery brings the most out of yourself you know for sure um, yeah because like you know that's where Colin McRae Richard Burns you know Ryan Champion Chris Meek you know uh, all these guys that you know are, the names just trip off the tongue like the cream of Irish and British rallying all come through that one mic series back in the day and that's and, you know, we can see it coming back now with the Stellantis Cup and the Tarmac Championship, and it's good to see that return. Well, it is, yeah, and I think it's excellent to see that. You know, I think Raymond Rivers done an excellent job, and Race and Rally are one of the associate sponsors for the Micro Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got other people on board like Alufix, Vanilla Black, Humphreys, Rally Sport, do the parts, and Miller's Oils, and Macon Shop Fitting, just to mention those. Um, but yes, it's a great way of getting things back together for competitor focused as well, you know, and I think that's it's that's the encouragement that it needs. And I think the guys should be applauded. It's it's to say I'm only just joining in this last month or two. It's just, so it's the likes of Stephen and Sean and Peter and Gavin and all behind the scenes that have 
brought this on and hopefully there's a lot of interest at the moment in it a lot of people building cars there'll be a lot more cars out for bishop's court people finishing cars are 90 percent finished so you could see it being 10 cars at bishop's court maybe 15 by the end of the season and maybe more by next year you know it has potential to actually really grow yeah for sure mm-hmm. and the, the, the great thing as well too for somebody coming into the sport or even you know season competitors it's got tracks, it's got the roads, and it's got gravel. You know, it's a it's a good mixture of everything. It's not just you know, it's not just one discipline. You get the full the full array of rallying. It is. It's given the the mix, and then you've got the good thing is you've the tarmac at the start of the year, so you your cars got the, the wheels and tires for that, and then you can save up. And I don't have a gravel kit for my own car, for example, so it gives me time to try and save up and get the wheels and tires and whatever I need. But I don't think there's any massive changes. To, from tarmac to gravel with the car to mainly ride height and stuff like that, you know, which again is a not too expensive, you know. Um, so that's sensible the way that's done. And the three track events are created partly to for the people in the standard class. So they if they're new to rallying, they're going to start the very first rallies are going to be the single venues to get them experienced before they hit the roads, you know. So that's a reason behind that, which is quite sensible as well, you know. So but ah, it'll, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like then, you know, just uh, you mentioned earlier too, the Chevette, like, you know, the Chevette, has, it's parked up for now, but you'd like to get it out at least once or twice this year? Yeah, I'd like to get it out. I had an Ulster Rally at a niggly engine problem and we just stripped it all down, so we're getting it back together yet again, I'm afraid, so it is. It has, it's a... It's it's a brilliant car when it goes right, and would great be running the down rally. Had it out in the year, we end up second historic and some our quickest time and whatnot. I was happy with the car, but um, and I love it. You know, I love HSR Chevette since it was three. You know, so um, it will be out again. But I'm, uh, I'm focusing at the minute to have the sort of put the budget into this here for a bit. But I'll pick an event sort of later in the year and get the Chevette a bit of exercise. You know, so it's still. Still, there's a great buzz when you get that going, and you know, it's mm-hmm. this anybody tried it, the Chevette will know this. It's a heavy brute, you know, so you don't literally have to wrestle it around, so you do, you know, so uh, <laughs> uh, get back on the dumbbells again and get it out. But that's uh, good. I hope the car has potential and it's shown potential, and it's just a matter of getting reliability. If we can get that, I think will not be mile, a million miles away, you know. Well, thanks there to Andrew and Gavin there. I really appreciate them taking the time. And hopefully Andrew will see that Chevette out before too long, you know. Uh, Connor, like this weekend, we, you know, we said we we're starting off with the, you know, the Irish Forestry and the Northern Ireland Championship. But round two is the WRC as well. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. All, all eyes on Sweden this weekend. And uh, with William Crichton and Liam Regan starting their WRC2 campaign in the Fiesta, uh, and then in the juniors, and it's going to be a very competitive junior field. There's 19 juniors taking part, um, and the junior championship kicks off in Sweden. And Eamon Kelly and Connor Mohan are taking part. So this is their second year to compete in it. And then don't forget, we've got Aaron Johnson sitting with Takamoto. Um, hopefully, like they had a good run last year. Certainly had plenty of speed in the snow. And uh, you know, you never. I'd, I'd be hopeful now that the, there's a good result if, if things go their way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, like, um, Wall and Liam had a good run there last weekend. I know they'd done course car in the, in the event in Sweden, getting some useful miles in below the, the belt too. So hopefully that should be them ripping and raring to go now come Friday morning. 
But that's it. Yeah, they've had a bit of seat time and a bit of seat time in snow. Like they've, they've so little experience mm -hmm. on on that, you know, the, on the on the icy, snowy surface and using the snow banks to to keep you on on the straight and narrow as such. Um, mm -hmm. That at least they've, they've, they've clocked up a few miles, uh, you know, with only a week apart from the actually competing. So fingers crossed that does play to their advantage. Mm -hmm. And then, as you say, like the, the JWRC, 19 starters, this, you know, like that's unheard of. And that, you know, and that it's brilliant. It really is, you know, and that that will help drive everybody on all to. And like we, you know, get into year two for Raymond and Connor. Now we really wish and hope they have a real good season. They, they deserve all the luck of the Irish now this weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. They really, really do. And, you know, it's great that there's a good squad, obviously, you know, the MI Aquatic me there to support them, but also you know, they've got William and Liam to go to for advice. William and Liam have been through this, come out the other end as, as our champions in the junior WRC. But at least they're there, can give some advice, some help, some support. Um, And fingers crossed, you know, a bit, a bit of their luck rubs off. That's for sure. That's for sure. So that's the end of this episode. So that can you just, as we said at the start, if you can, uh, you know, subscribe to the channel. That's great for the police. I think I'll, I'll rate their comment that them things all makes a huge difference. So. That is uh, Season 3, Episode 9. Until next time, take care, speak soon, and bye!